It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview Show. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, as always, my co-host, Brian Anthony Davis. Brian, we both live in Maryland. We know what's coming up. Ravens 2.0 for the 2018-2019 season. The Steelers got to win this one, man. They've got to win this one. How are you this evening? I am doing great, and of course, I love Raven Week because with them losing last time, they are kind of off their guard a little bit. They're feeling, even though they've lost three of their last four, they're still feeling cocky about going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm feeling like this could be something they're not expecting, Jeff. Yeah, it could be, and, and uh, you know they have lost two in a row. The Steelers have won three in a row. It definitely seems like these two teams are coming in to this week on different trajectories. But Vegas, Vegas always knows something, folks, and they have the Steelers still as three-point dogs on the road. Now, I understand the history at M&T Bank Stadium. I want to say, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, that I know they won there last year, thanks largely to... Mr. Shazier, we always Shay leave and hit in the Hartman house. Um, but after, before that, they hadn't won there in what three years, I think. Uh, this was the last time they won in at MT Bank, or was it longer than that? You know, I know it wasn't 15 because I had gone to that game and I absolutely hated my experience at MT Bank Stadium. Um, so I am not sure that's something that I can very easily look up and let you know, but I think it's been a while. I know uh, the year before was the, I think it was 16, where 
Chris Boswell tried that crazy onside kick mm-hmm. that did not work. Um, there's been lots of disasters at that crap hole in Baltimore. Well, you know, it, it, it kind of, now that I think about it, I want to say that prior to last season, the, the last time they won at M&T Bank Stadium, and if you're watching live on YouTube and you're in the chat, and you know this off the top of your head, please let us know. But I'm pretty sure I wrote an article about the last time they'd won an M&T Bank was when Charlie Batch hit Heath Miller. Heath Miller dives for the pylon, gets the top of it. It was a tremendous game. I Was that 2000 and... T- well, that was that 2012, Brian? 13. And I'll tell you why. It was they started out 0-4, yes. and they came back and made a season out of it. Right. Um, almost made the playoffs after starting out 0-4. Yes, I remember that season. Okay, so yeah, it had been a long time. So this is kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers' house of horrors. Uh, they don't play well here typically. Uh, and I say here because, again, we live in Maryland. Brian has been to M&T Bank Stadium to see a Steelers-Ravens game. I've heard enough stories that I don't ever want to step foot in that place ever for anything. Um people <laughs> there's an i don't want to go there for anything uh because i've heard nothing but horror stories brian i'll give you an opportunity later on in the show if you want to share your stories about your experience there a couple years ago but let's get into the nuts and bolts of this game get down to brass tacks as some say and let's talk about matchups to watch in this game now last week i stole your thunder I went first. I didn't tell you I was going first. I will kick it off to you. You can go ahead and have the first matchup. What is your key matchup, number one on your list, to watch for in this upcoming AFC North Grudge match? Well, one of the biggest problems in week four when Pittsburgh took on Baltimore at Heinz Field was there was no pass rush whatsoever. However, that bad pass rush what that lack of pass rush, excuse me, was because the corners were not covering. And their star corner, Joe Hayden, was having a lot of problems with John Brown. Now, for me, that's a pretty big matchup because they have, to me, the three number one receivers because they're all huddling around the same yardage around 350, 360. That's uh, Willie Sneed, the fourth. Don't forget, he is the fourth. There's a lot of Willie Sneeds running around out there. I'm sure there's going to be more, too. But Michael Crabtree as well. And, of course, John Brown. So they're all hanging around that same area um, with the same amount of catches. So they're all dangerous. But Joe Hayden it's going to have to start and end with Joe. Um, the next week, the very next week, he shut down Julio Jones. And then he went up against Mr. Green in Cincinnati. And then all of a sudden... Last week, they really didn't throw someone huge at him, but he still did well. So Joe Hayden is the linchpin of that secondary right now, and he is so important. If he can keep it going, that's going to help them out so much because that was the one game where Joe Hayden was exposed. Joe had said she likes going up against those more physical, taller receivers because he could play with them so much more. John Brown is not that, but John Brown is lethal, and Joe Hayden needs to stop him, and that starts this week. That's matchup number one, Jeff. Yeah, and to piggyback on that, I think that Joe Hayden, remember he would miss the week prior against Kansas City with a hamstring injury, 
I'm not a hundred percent sure that he was feeling 100% in that matchup. Anyone that's ever experienced any athlete that's ever experienced a hamstring pull. And we're talking about even in high school, the first time you step back on the playing field, regardless of sport, you're very hesitant because the one thing you don't want to have happen is you go and you take that stride and you drive off of that leg and boom, it pulls again. And now you're on the bench for another two to three weeks. I wouldn't be shocked if Joe Hayden, if he were honest with someone would say, I wasn't myself that game, but now I feel like he is hundred percent. I'm going to kind of stick with a similar theme from your matchup as my first matchup. And that's the fact that in my opinion, the most dynamic player on the Steelers defense did not play in that week four game. And that's Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton missed that game. He injured his elbow against the chiefs. He had to sit out the Ravens game. If you've watched this team when Hilton's in the lineup, or let me rephrase that. If you've watched the defense when Hilton is in the lineup compared to when he isn't talk about night and day, Mike Hilton brings a ridiculous dynamic that they don't have when he's not in the lineup. It's just imagine quarterbacks always have to know where he is. They have to know where he is on the field and they're always guessing, is he coming? Is he blitzing or is he going to be backing off into coverage? And it's just that little hesitation. They're not sure what to do. They're going to guess because that's what quarterbacks have to do is to try to predict what the defense is going to do. Hilton's very good at disguising that blitz. Mike Hilton versus the Ravens pass protection and in coverage is going to be a huge matchup for the Steelers. And I like it in this matchup because the Ravens might use the tight end position more than anyone else. So Mike Hilton is going to be a big factor in stopping those tight ends and getting pressure on the quarterback and really making life difficult or more difficult for Joe Flacco or whoever has the football in their hands. So that's for me. I think Mike, Mike Hilton, he's the most dynamic defender that I think they have right now. And it's because he does so much for this defense. So that's key. Number one for me. What's your second one, Brian? You know, I'm 5'9 as well, and uh, I consider myself very dynamic. Um, <laughs> and I'm all over the podcast, just like uh, Mike Hilton is all over the field. So I just thought I would throw that in with shameless self-promotion for myself, which is actually a whole bunch of Sounds fun. Uh, number two for me, you know, so I had started off talking about the lack of pass rush. I'm going to stay on defense and talk about getting that pass rush going again. Now it's very easily to very easy to say, you know, got to get uh, TJ Watt going again, which I'm sure he will. But Bud Dupree really stood out last week against Cleveland. I thought he had a great game. In fact, he was on my honor roll. Um, did not did not go ahead and get valedictorian of the defense. Joe Hayden did, but Bode, uh, excuse me, Bud Dupree really made things happen. He's going up against big Ronnie Stanley at that left tackle position. And if he could get to Flacco, because one thing that Flacco, you might think Flacco is an average quarterback and not elite unless you're in Baltimore, because everyone thinks Joe Flacco is elite in Baltimore. But one thing about him, he is that quick release. You can get to him. But he's going to get that ball off right before you you get to him. And he's with those tight ends mentioned. That's something that he's very dangerous with. So I really think Bud Dupree for himself needs to keep it going, and for that defense needs to keep it going. I really think he's putting together a pretty nice season. He's getting back. He's becoming not 
a force, but he's becoming a disruptor on that defense. And I really think he's going to continue this week. If he does, that could be a tough day for Mr. Flacco. No, no doubt about it. Bud Dupree, and we we could say his name every week, but I, I like what, how you added that he played well against Cleveland. He needs to do it against a good a good team, and I think the the Ravens would definitely be that team for him. And again, I don't need Bud Dupree to have a breakout game and have three and a half sacks like T.J. Watt did against the Browns in Week One. That would be tremendous if he just gets quarterback pressures, quarterback hits moving Joe Flacco in the pocket, that can be equally as effective when you have guys like Cameron Hayward and Stefan to it, hopefully pressing the inside of the pocket. Now I'm going to go to the other side of the football and I'm going to talk about James Conner in the running game. Now, last time the Steelers met up with the Ravens in week four, they were down 14, nothing in the blink of an eye. I think if, if you took a beer break or a bathroom break, you came back and said, what the hell happened? And what, what, <laughs> how'd this happen? It was that quick, and I really didn't like how the Steelers completely abandoned the run so early in that game. Everyone felt it. Fans felt it. They're thinking, and I remember texting uh, my co-host on the Standard is a Standard and on the post-game show, Lance Williams, during that game, think, is saying they've got to abandon the script. you got to abandon it. you got to get. You got to start throwing it. And he even said, not yet. It's too early. Well, it turns out Randy Feetner and Ben Roethlisberger were right with me because they did abandon it. I, I want to say that James Conner only had nine carries in that game. I wrote an article today for the website. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Same Shameless plug. That it was about how James Conner can really make himself stand out, stand apart from Le'Veon Bell in terms of playing well against the Ravens. Um, Le'Veon Bell had played against the Ravens nine times in his career. On average, he got the ball 17.7 times. This is just in the running game. And he averaged 80 yards per game. Um, I want to say there were out of those nine games, five of them, he did not have 80 yards rushing, but he did have some really big games in the last few years where he rushed for over 100. And I remember the biggest game he had was 144, I think. That might have been uh, in 2017. Nonetheless, James Conner playing well against a team like the Ravens could really set him up confidence wise and for a fan perspective i would love for him to be labeled a raven killer the last player that i think you could say that guy was a raven killer was santonio holmes every time the steelers needed a big play against the ravens it seemed like santonio holmes was the guy that stepped up james connor could be that guy but it doesn't just come down to Connor. It's the play. It's the play calling. Randy Feetner's got to stick with it. The offensive line's got to get some push. Uh, and Connor's got to run the ball with authority, something he has tended to not do as well early in games. Even against Cleveland, he did not have a good start. Net, the whole offense didn't have a good start. So I don't want to be have that to be an immediate reflection on him. They need to get Connor going because that is what gets this offense going. Getting that run run game going that creates manageable down and distances key matchup. Number two could be key matchup. Number one, James Connor in the running game has to be an influence in this game. Week four can't happen again. And the Steelers expect to win, not at MT bank. So that's my second matchup. Brian, what's yours? You know, that was my third matchup and it still is. That was just the precursor to my third matchup. So we were going to talk, I was going to talk about how you have to get, James Conner going just like you did, but I was going a little different direction. I'm going right up front with Marquise. He is quietly just 
an MVP of this team for what he has done this season. We have talked a lot about Big Al Villanueva being able to, especially last week, being able to go ahead and shut down Miles Garrett. But, you know, it starts with the the big guy right in the center of that line, and it's Marquise Pouncey. And he's going up against a very big fella named Brandon Williams. And Brandon Williams is a clogger. Brandon Williams is not going to be a sack master, but he's going to just get a lot of tackles and just clog up that those lanes. He's a big load. He's like 340, Jeff. And he's going to go ahead and clog up those lanes for James Conner to get through. If, if a guy like Marquise Pouncey could clear the way for him, then James will get going. So that matchup in the trenches is going to be huge, Jeff, for week three. So Pouncey versus Williams, mark it down. It's a big one. Yeah, and like you said, the, the interior of that Ravens defense is normally very stout. Uh, they, they normally do not give up a lot of space. And so the Steelers, from an offensive play calling standpoint, have to be creative with how they get James Conner the football. Uh, he is fast enough to be able to take a sweep and maybe gain some yardage. Um, I know that Lance Williams, who's in our live chat right now, is talking about counterplays and things of that nature. They have to be creative. This is a game where Ben Roethlisberger and Randy Feetner, if they are one and the same, if they are the brain power that could be a very, very solid offense and has been so far this season, they have to put together a really good plan, and that's going to be one aspect of it. Um, I think the whole offensive line's got to continue to play ridiculously good football. I mean, you think about it. The last three games in this winning streak, Ben Roethlisberger has been sacked one time, been hit twice. That's amazing. Like that, that, that doesn't happen too much. And they're not playing scrub teams either. They're not playing scrub defenses. But you know what? For me, I'm going to go on the other side of the football, back to the defense for my third matchup. And it's kind of a two-part, we'll call it 3A and 3B. Number 3A is... And this is something that Lance actually mentioned in the group chat. How are the Steelers going to defend John Brown? And that's a guy that tortured them last time. I want to say he had two touchdowns and they were just way too easy. I don't think that he's going to surprise anyone this week. I don't think the Steelers are going to be stunned when they play him. I don't think Artie Burns is going to be in the lineup as much. Joe Hayden being back, Joe Hayden being healthy is going to be huge. Mike Hilton being back is going to be huge. Terrell Edmonds getting more experience. The Steelers, again, just like I talked about with Feetner on offense, need to be creative with how they handle that defense. Don't ever leave Terrell Edmonds as a single high safety in this game because it's not going to end well. Sean Davis is quietly having a heck of a season, and I think that the Steelers defensively from a secondary standpoint, I'm not sure if Cody Sensabaugh is going to play. He was limited on Thursday. That's going to be something to watch. More, uh, Cameron Sutton, would he be forced into play? Or they, would they be forced to play Artie Burns? There are some questions there, but I think that if I'm the Steelers, I'm looking at John Brown, and I'm thinking we have to keep the play in front of us. That's something they've done very well throughout the course of this three-game winning streak, and they need to continue that. Keep the play in front of you. Safety should never let a guy behind him, and John Brown is super, super quick. He's a guy that can get up to you quickly, and next thing you know, he's behind you. They have tape on him. They should know what to expect, but that's my 3A. 3B is do not fall for Lamar Jackson's gadgetry BS. Now, I know that he did throw a touchdown pass, I think, against Carolina last week, so they're trying to show that he's not just going to run the football whenever he gets into the lineup. 
But the Steelers now, they have to be prepared for Lamar Jackson. I'm not sure if they took Lamar Jackson serious in that week four game, and he actually did some damage against them. He ran the ball very effectively. The Wildcat was working. They were gaining yardage. When Lamar Jackson enters the game, they need to be prepared. They need to be disciplined. And it almost reminds me of when they used to play like a Michael Vick-led team or even Robert Griffin III early in his career. The, the goal was never to just get to the quarterback. They always talked about how you had to cone them in. Uh, the outside linebackers cannot get pushed up the arc. That's, the, you're, that's a death knell if you do that. Cone them in, force them to step up into the pocket, don't give them an exit route on the outside. That's how you beat those. That's how you beat that style of, of quarterback. And that's what they're going to have to do again. So those are my three A and three B stopping John Brown by keeping the play in front of you, never letting him get deep. And then also keeping an eye on Lamar Jackson and the gadget plays because they're going to run them and you have to be prepared for them. And I think by week nine, you have a whole half of a season of tape. Shouldn't get too many surprises, but you never know. You never know. Okay, so there are your key matchups. I did ask the people that are watching live on YouTube what their key matchups were, and I did want to read a couple of them before we move on. Claude says you just have to be more physical. Talking about the physicality. That's something that the Steelers defense brought this past week against Cleveland that they hadn't brought prior. They were physical, and I think it was Cameron Hayward that said that Mike Tomlin gave a, a message to the defense saying Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield, two rookies for the Browns. He said, I want you to indoctrinate them into AFC North football. I want them to feel what it feels like to come to Pittsburgh and play the Steelers. That maybe that flipped a switch because you definitely saw a difference. Hopefully that keeps up. Um, Kevin Colbert, uh, the g general manager of the Steelers, <laughs> Um, Vance McDonald, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's always here. Um, Vance McDonald versus their safety tandem of Weddle and Jefferson. Vance McDonald did not actually play. It was surprising when I did. I always do a snap total article every week. And when I did mine, something that really surprised me is that Jesse James played, I want to say either 40 or 41 snaps to Vance McDonald's 27. Maybe if I, that might be high. I don't have them right in front of me, so I apologize, but Jesse James played a lot more. So I would definitely go a, a step further and say McDonald and James versus the safeties. The Steelers have typically found space against the Ravens in the middle of the field. Uh, can McDonald continue to be a, a, a viable option? We hope so. Um, the uh, gray said, he said the Steelers offensive line versus the Ravens defensive line. That's always a huge matchup. Um, let's see here. Scrolling through. Um, all right, so yeah, there, there you go. So that, that that's how you, there, there you have it. Uh, so let's go ahead. We're going to lead the matchups now, and now we're going to go to our player to watch. This is a player that we think could be a standout in some way, shape, or form. It could be from the Steelers, could be from the Ravens, and it could be for good or bad, whatever. Wait, uh, I just called you Lance. I apologize. Brian, go ahead. Who is your player to watch in this Week 9 matchup against the Steelers and Ravens? Calling me Lance is a compliment, and I really appreciate that. So it depends, uh, it depends on who you talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to butter up to Lance, I there guess. You, go. <laughs> uh, you know what? This is a. Uh, I was all prepared to go ahead and say Ben Roethlisberger, in which you know he's he is huge in this matchup. He has to go ahead and put together four quarters of football. Um, but you know what? 
I want to go with somebody, somebody that you would never even think that I would bring up. That's Morgan Burnett. And the reason I'm going with Morgan Burnett in this game is he is starting to get healthy. He's uh, starting to practice more. And what has been advertised from him, you're going to get a field general on the field along with Joe Hayden. You're going to get some maturity out there. You're going to get somebody that knows how to play winning football and help shore up that defense. And that's going to be really huge. That's something they didn't really have last time against Baltimore. So that safety presence, whether it's helping to clog up those tight ends in the middle middle or anything deep, that's going to be really important. And Terrell Edmonds, I think, is starting to put together a nice season, but he's still green. He's still young, and he is still susceptible to giving up something huge. And I want to see Morgan Burnett go ahead in there and just just help strengthen it just by being there and being a presence. And I think he's going to start that this week. And uh, you could stop – everybody could stop – you know, complaining about this signing because if you get, you know, half a season out of this guy of the maturity and what you're, what's advertised, then it's going to sign for me. Yeah. And I think also you could also, you could lump LJ Ford into that mix because again, with the snap counts from last week, you had Morgan Burnett and uh, LJ Ford, almost identical numbers. And they came in in sub packages for Bostic and Williams and it worked. At least it worked against Cleveland and it worked against Baker Mayfield. That does not mean that it's going to work against every offense that they play. But if they continue with that and it does, they do see success, then that's tremendous as long as Burnett can stay healthy. I really like that. That was really good. Thinking outside the box. I like that. Now, for me, my player to watch is number 19, and that's Juju Smith Schuster. When the Ravens play the Steelers, I don't care who the defensive coordinator is. Wink Martindale is Dean Pease. It doesn't matter. Rex Ryan. They always say the same thing. We're going to take their best player and get, we're going to take them away. And that, that that's a bill Belichick thing. Everyone does that. They try to. And so I expect them to double triple team Antonio Brown, but it, this is, this is where it's similar to defensively where we talk about TJ Watt getting attention, Bud Dupree has to win his matchup. If Antonio Brown's going to get that attention, Juju Smith-Schuster has to win his matchup. Now, Juju is coming off a ah, very mundane game last week. He wasn't targeted as much as he had been. But then again, they didn't have to throw the ball as much in this game. Juju Smith-Schuster is a guy that can turn the tide for the Steelers. He's that extra weapon that you can't always account for everyone, and someone's going to burn you. That's the guy. It's going to be a game where if Juju can get in pay dirt, I think that I'll tell you what, I really like the Steelers' odds here. We'll get to our predictions here in a second. Um, but still, player to watch. Brian gave you Morgan Burnett, safety from the defense. I give you Juju Smith-Schuster from the offense. So let's go into fantasy football now, switching gears again. For those of you that are fantasy nuts out there, this advice is not necessarily for everyone. We understand that in traditional leagues, the majority of the players that we tell you to start or sit are probably not available. But as daily fantasy football, whether it's FanDuel, DraftKings, wherever you play, becomes more and more popular and prevalent, this is more of geared towards that style of fantasy football. So I'm um, not going to toot my own horn, but I have 
won money the last three or four weeks i won it all last week ever since i started ripping (laughs) on you you've been on a roll so i think you should share some of that with your Uh, buddy i have been i have been so anyways um we're gonna give you one player to start one player to sit again it could be from either team i know last week i said do not start jarvis landry if you did and you didn't listen to me you got screwed because he didn't do anything so um brian let's start with who you want to start in fantasy football let you go first what player are you starting in this matchup all right you know this is a complete cop-out but i'm going justin tucker here and here's the reason every time the pittsburgh steelers play this team out comes Justin Tucker, and he hits three or four. He doesn't miss against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You could be in, like, a hurricane. You bring out number nine against the Steelers, he's going to nail one from 60 if he gets the opportunity. I hate him so much that I'm starting to love him. This guy is that good, and I've been trying to win money off of this guy. I don't mind playing him any chance I get in the leagues that I have. And I know how you mentioned, Jeff, that it might not be for you know your regular weekly fantasy football, but I pay attention to these talks that we have here. And if I put Jarvis Landry on my bench the other day when I thought he was going to be a sure start. And so I thank you for that because now that I know you're the guru, I'm going to start <laughs> listening to you. But so, yeah, you know what, Justin Tucker, you are going to get probably, I would say you're going to north of 10. You probably get about 12, 13, maybe 15 points out of this guy. And uh, when we talk about my prediction later on in the game, it's going to be a lot of field goals on the Baltimore side of the game. And if you think back to week four, what was that final score? 26 to 14. So it was 14, nothing. Then all of a sudden, nothing but field goals in the second half for that team. And that's how they put it away on the leg of Legatron. Now, if you're a Fandle commissioner like myself, I don't have kickers in my league. I don't feel like kickers are worthy of even owning a spot in fantasy football so i put in another flex player because that's more fun that's more entertaining but if you're in a traditional league and you have justin tucker listen to that guy i guess so anyways but, but you know you know yeah, what yeah, you're right game I winning play, kicks i play fandle too yeah but i play it, other fandle matchups right but in and, my in my league that you're in i don't have kickers but game yeah, winning know, but, game winning kicks can get you more 50 plus yarders get you more he's got a big leg i understand what you're saying i i, I agree with you i just saying in my league it doesn't I don't know. The kickers. They're just kickers. You're anti-kicker. Yeah, pretty much. You have one job. Just go kick a freaking. So you won't put Tucker like years from now. You won't put him in the Hall of Fame. Ah, well, he missed that extra point. So no. (laughs) (laughs) Gary Anderson deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and you're not going to put him in. No, he missed. He missed that kick again. Against with the Vikings. Yeah, he missed the kick. Nope. You suck. Get out. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. I'll give you my player to watch. Um, I could go Juju, but I'm not going to. And I'm actually, I'm actually tempted to start the Steelers defense because it would be really cheap in a Fandle league. And I think they're going to come to play. I think they were embarrassed last time. I think they're healthier this time. But if I'm going to give you a lock, I'm going to go with Big Ben. Because Ben Roethlisberger, he's a quarterback that's, eh, for FanDuel leagues, he's going to be probably third or fourth on your list. He does typically get you 20 points. And look, if this is a game that goes south, like the Week 4 game did, you have to remember 
that unless a quarterback is completely tanking, it's going to equate to points. So I'm not saying this as a Steeler analyst. I'm not saying this as a Steelers fan. I'm saying this is someone that's trying to give you fantasy football advice. And that's if this game turns into a shootout, if this game gets out of hand in regards to the Ravens beating the Steelers, that's going to help you from a fantasy standpoint. The biggest question mark around Roethlisberger is the interceptions. Interceptions can kill you in fantasy, and he can be prone to throwing them. We all know that he's been pretty good as of late since early in the season issues, but I'm going to say start big Ben. I think he has a good game. He's proven that on the big game, the big stage, he can step it up. He doesn't have a ton of experience, believe it or not at MT bank because he's been hurt for a lot of those games, but he won there last year. I think that this is a game where he comes out and the offense proves a little something. Uh, so I would say Ben Roethlisberger. Now, Brian, if there's a player you're saying avoid, avoid do not start who you who are you saying to sit this week well jeff you start james connor every single week because i've watched your uh, i've pretty much watched you <laughs> and i look at uh, i look at your lineup but you know and i i love james connor and i really think he could have a good game this week i'm just really worried about those 17 yards in week four i'm worried about how stout they are in that front seven um i think it might it could end up into being that shootout that you just you just said that could be a possibility with Ben Roethlisberger. So I'm going to go ahead and say don't rely too heavily on James Conner this week. I think his three-game 100-yard streak is going to be snapped. Um, he could do well. He could still get yards, but might stay out of the end zone. So I would just avoid him this week. I would, I would say that I, I see what you're saying. I wouldn't have him as your running back one option. If you have money left over and you can fit him into a flex position, I think he's a perfect flex player for this week because I could see him not getting 100 yards rushing, but I could see him getting over 100 yards complete with receiving and rushing. I think he'll hit pay dirt maybe once. Maybe he'll have a big game. Maybe they'll have goal line situations and he gets the ball. He is the goal line back for the Steelers after all. But I see what you're saying. I'm saying that you could find a spot for Connor. I probably will because I love starting James Connor. He's turning into my new favorite player. Um, oh, he's mine too. I just love watching the guy play football. That's what I told Lance last night on our show. I said, I can't tell you the last time that I've enjoyed watching someone play football as much as I do watching him play. Uh, it was the same with Ben Roethlisberger when he was young. I just loved watching him play, shaking people off, making plays with his legs, throwing on the run, big arm. It was just fun to watch. And James Conner, my gosh, is he fun to watch? I mean, he runs so hard, never goes down. I don't want to turn into a fanboy, although I already am. James Conner jersey might be on order. Just say it. Anyways, <laughs> so um, I'm going to have to talk to you about that, by the way. Yeah, hey, no problem. <laughs> I, I Wait till you hear the one that I just ordered. Oh, well, we'll get to that later. Okay, so my sit -um, um I'm going to say that if, if I'm going to sit someone this week <sighs> for the Steelers, I want to, I'm also thinking about the Ravens too. And, you know, cause the Ravens, I'm going to go ahead and say to no one's going to play Joe Flacco. So that's not going to say that I'm going to say to sit Antonio Brown. And a part of this is superstition 
because I believe I said that last week. Correct? Am I right, Brian? Didn't I say that last week? I think he did. And he scored two touchdowns. Now he didn't have a ridiculous yardage receptions day, but he scored twice. So I'm going to say, don't start Antonio Brown. And if you're in Fanduel, that's a that's a big price tag. I mean, he's like nine thousand dollars to start. So don't start Antonio Brown. If I'm wrong, awesome. I'm super pumped that I'm wrong. But at the same time, I don't think against the Ravens that his price tag matches the production. Maybe he'll get in the end zone. Maybe he won't. We'll see. I hope I'm wrong. But that's what I said. So let's recap. I said start Ben Roethlisberger. You said start. What was your Justin Tucker? Justin Tucker. My gosh, you said a kicker. (laughs) We've reached new lows. We have reached new lows on the show. You've selected a kicker. I said avoid Antonio Brown. You said avoid James Conner. And I gave people plenty of reasons to put James Conner in their lineup. So, okay. All right, so let's get to prediction time. Let's go over other AFC North games. The Cincinnati Bengals are on a bye week, so we can't make fun of Vontez Perfect. I'm just joking. We can always make fun of Vontez Perfect. We can make a prediction. Three arrests. (laughs) Well, Pac-Man Jones isn't on the team anymore, so I'm not sure if that's going to – maybe we'll start at one. Um, Okay. Maybe we'll get a little Kyle Laletta action going on. I don't know if you heard that story from up in New York. That is weird. Anyways, so the the Bengals are on a bye week, and so you have the – the poor Browns, it they they gotta play the they gotta play the Chiefs. There's no chance in hell, right, Brian? Am I right? Oh, the magic of Greg Williams! I'm telling you, <laughs> I watched. You know, I watched Hard Knocks, yeah, I know. and I and I was real and I was wrong about the whole Todd Haley thing. You were complimenting me. You're like, hey, you were right when I texted you and said, you know, Hugh Jackson got fired. But my big prediction was Todd Haley was coming in. Yeah. Um, so I was wrong there, but you know. Who knows? Fire it up, and that's a good defense. Could something crazy happen? I probably not, but you know, no, okay, I'm not no. going to make the pick. I'm not going <laughs> to. You know what? I have no, I have no ties to Vegas. Browns win. There's the pick. Okay, you're an idiot. There's no. Yeah, you know what? There's if no I'm right, if, if I'm you're right, right, okay, what, bragging what? rights forever. If I'm sure. wrong, it just goes away. If you're wrong, it's just another day at the office. Okay, so (laughs) he takes the Browns. I take the Chiefs. Then we have the Steelers and Ravens. So M&T Bank Stadium, the house of horrors. The Ravens have lost two in a row. The Steelers have won three in a row. What's your prediction? How do you see the game shaking out? You know, this is the Steelers. This is the true test this week to see if this role is for real. And I'm thinking it is for real. I'm believing in this team. This team believes in James Conner, even though I told you to sit him. They believe in him. They want him to be team MVP. They want him to succeed. Um, they are united as one. This is a very, very close, un- close group now. And I, I really see them going forward and uh, like they did last year and string a bunch together. Um, you know, because that that's not as daunting as a schedule. Um, so if they can get through this game, they could pretty much put the uh, division aside f- until week 17, which that might not even matter at that point. But you have a chance to basically, you know, stop the Ravens right now. You could basically win the division over the Ravens. I'm not saying the Bengals, but over the Ravens this week with a win, you could knock them out. So I think they do it. I think a lot of field goals, 
especially on the Baltimore side of the ball, but I'm looking at 24 to 19. Mm, okay. 19. That's a rare number. That's a rare well, number. Seven plus 12. Yeah. Yeah. Four okay. field goals. Very good. Well, they, hey, Ben, don't break defense. That's the Steelers' motto. I thought about this, Jeff. I know. It's like it's, I sound like it. Um, so for, I, I gave my prediction last night on the other show. I'm trying to think. I hope it's the right one. <laughs> um, I do have a lot of predictions that I have to do on a weekly basis for multiple platforms and stuff. Um, I think that this game for the Steelers is one where the offense is going to be is going to reach a level of balance, have an equilibrium, so to speak. And it's going to be kind of a pick your poison game. I don't see this being a high scoring shootout, but I do think it is going to have that feel to it. I think the teams are going to be scoring. I think there's going to be some big plays. The kicking game will be important. Boswell has been better. I don't know if we say he's good until he hasn't missed one in a long time. So I'm going to say Pittsburgh wins this game. I don't see the Ravens sweeping the season series. And I think there's so much on the line for the Steelers to, like you said, bury the Ravens in the division standings. I'm going to say Steelers win 27 to 23, 27 to 23, a four point margin. If you're a gambler, I'm saying take the Steelers and the points no matter what, because they're getting three. I'll take that any day of the week and twice on Sunday. So there you have it, folks. We both like the, Pittsburgh Steelers to win Lance Williams last night, picked the Ravens to win. I want to say 24 to 21. He's a hater. I'm not surprised. So there you go. Now, one of my favorite parts of the show, the very end of the show, we always open it up to people that are on YouTube live right now that are in our chat room. And we ask for questions, plain and simple. And we rapid fire answer them. We go as fast as we can. Uh, As long as we can get through the answer, we'll be fine. Are you ready, Brian? I am ready. Okay, so Lance Williams, he's active in our chat tonight. Um, He said, he asked, how will the Steelers get more pressure on Flacco than they did in week four? Go ahead, Brian. Just do it. I mean, just call the plays. They didn't even do it last time. They didn't even send guys last time. So just try to send somebody. You'll get more pressure. Yeah, I think that what you're trying to say is to blitz more effectively. That's not Keith Butler's MO in games like these. He's going to say the same old crap on Thursday after practice when he talks to the media. We want to get pressure with four. And that's what he always says, and I get that. If I'm the Steelers, though, you do have to be creative. You do have to be very specific with how you attack this offense. And for crying out loud, please, for the love of God, do not blitz safeties. Sean Davis is a great blitzer. Terrell Edmonds has a lot to learn. He's a lot. To, he's oftentimes late. He ultimately can be left. He, he can leave the whole secondary hanging out to dry behind him. Blitz Mike Hilton. Utilize him the way that I talked about in the key matchups. And just really hope that some of the changes they've made on the defensive front with their one-two gap schemes can open up players like TJ Watt and Bud Dupree to just get pressure. You mentioned it earlier, Brian. It's tough to get to Flacco repeatedly. He gets, he has that quick release. You have to just pressure him. You have to hit him. Even if you're not getting sacks, some, these are games where quarterback hits are almost as important as sacks because it's going to get him off his mark. He can get a little skittish in the pocket. We've seen that his whole career. So that's what I would suggest. Okay, let's go to the next question. Um, so far this season, this is from Greg. So far this season, who has been 
the most improved defensive and offensive player. Go ahead, Ryan. Hmm. Well, you know what? On offense, you know, it's very easy easy to say James Conner, but he really didn't have the carries last year. So on offense, I want to go with Vance McDonald just for the fact that he's been healthy. He's been in there. He's been doing so much more. On the defensive side of the ball, I think I'm still liking the fact that uh, Bud Dupree has really put it together. So I know I talked about him earlier. So I'm going to say Bud has uh, – I don't want to say he's turned a complete corner, but he's made some very good leaps. I'm going to go with Alejandro Villanueva because I have been very skeptical. That's a good word, I think, for this. Um, I think I've been very skeptical of Villanueva's skill set against certain pass rushers. I watched a really cool breakdown on Twitter, but Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network, uh, formerly, the pl- formerly played for the Philadelphia Eagles, kind of did a breakdown on him. I'm going to put it in an article probably this weekend. Um, and he talked about, you know, at 6'9", all pass rushers get underneath Villanueva because he's just so big. But he's really improved on his in his craft. And that's a big kudos to both Mike Munchak as well as his ridiculous work ethic, you know, and everyone knows he's a military guy and he knows what what hard work is. So I would say Alejandro Villanueva on the defensive side, I'm going to go with Sean Davis because Sean Davis, not only has he had to switch positions, but he's done it well. Um, And this is a guy that a lot of people were ready to bury because he didn't play well last year. Don't, don't be surprised if it was because the guy he was playing next to Mike Mitchell. So I think that Sean Davis for me on defense, along with Alejandro Villanueva on offense. Okay. Uh, Claude asked, do you think that this year's draft class is the, is in the, let's hear. I'm trying to read this correctly. Do you think this is one of the weakest draft classes the Steelers have had in the last few years? I'm still going with, uh, with 2015, um, you know, I know you got Bud in that, and not everybody's loving Bud. But number two was Senquez Golson. Number three, Sammy Coates, and it was it was just an ugly draft class. Um, I don't really think they got way too much out of that class. Um, so I'm going to say no. There's still some there's still some time for James Washington to get on the field and do something. Terrell Edmonds is has been starting. And you've got a you've got a starter, Mason Rudolph. You could go ahead and put him aside because it doesn't count. He gets an incomplete. He wasn't expected to play, and if he is playing, you don't you're disappointed if he's playing right now. And at number four, Chuksawuma has been coming in playing tight end. He ha, you have not heard from him in a negative way as of yet. So that means he's been pretty effective. I don't know what his snap count has been, but he's been getting in there and he's been effective for him much in the way that, uh, you know, Chris Hubbard had been in the past for them. I mean, I mean, holy crap, guys, can we not try to judge these players midway through the rookie season? I mean, how can you say that Mason Rudolph isn't any good? He hasn't even seen the field and that's rightfully so. That was never the plan. Terrell Edmonds is starting, like you said. James Washington. Look, not every receiver is going to be Juju Smith-Schuster and have almost a thousand yards receiving in their rookie year. It's just not that way. But if James Washington in year two and three really starts to come on as a big impact player for this offense, you're not going to look back and say it was a crappy draft. So give these players time, let them develop. Everything we've read about the players that Brian just mentioned, 
has, has been good, has been good. So I'm not going to say that this draft class is weak when they've only played in eight football games. So here you go. Uh, Reed asks, do you think that Marcus Gilbert's time with the Steelers is coming to an end? It seems like he's hurt quite a bit, and we've seen Matt Filer be solid. He's younger and cheaper. What do you think? I believe he, uh, let's see, he signed in 2014. So, uh, yeah, very well could be uh, coming to an end in Pittsburgh. Um, there, that strength of an offensive line is starting to get longer in the tooth, and they're going to have to start really thinking about some higher draft picks to bring some guys in to help them out as they age out. But I think he, you know, it looks like Ramon Foster, his time is probably coming to an end as well because um, his contract ends at the end of the year. That's why he was so emphatic about getting Le'Veon Bell back in here, because he wants that parade. That was exact words, want that parade. So they think he's going. Marcus Gilbert, probably maybe one more year, but it's coming to a close, yes. Yeah, I don't think that there's any need to, they're not going to extend Gilbert or anything like that. Um, they have, you know, Gerald Hawkins, who unfortunately had to go on injured reserve this year. They were very high on him coming into the season. Uh, we talked about Chuck Sakura for, uh, he's another player that they drafted. So they have in Matt Filer and they've drafted some, had some tackles that are capable, but I think most of them are typically swing tackle slash backup tackle guys. Um, and speaking of Ramon Foster, don't be stunned if this is a William Gay, Robert Golden type situation, a player towards the end of their career, they might want to test the free agent waters, but they ultimately might realize that the grass isn't always greener and they might sign a very team-friendly two-, three-year deal to stay with the team. Um, you know those deals are never completed. Most of them, if it's a three-year deal, it's really just for two. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. Ramon Foster is a Pittsburgh guy now. You know, he loves the Steelers, but I know he wants to get his money. I'm not saying that. So um, tackle is going to be a position of need in the upcoming drafts. But nonetheless, I think Gilbert will play out his current deal, and then we'll see. I, I just don't know off the top of my head when that expires because I know he signed that new contract. Okay, um, Ali asked, do you like the limited glances you've seen at the dollar defense? That's where they have seven defensive backs on the football field. Haven't run it too much, Brian. Not sure if you got a glimpse of it. You know what? I can't, uh, I really can't answer that question. Uh, truthfully. Um, I have not noticed it. I'm not as big an X and O guy as I am more of personnel and just, so yeah, I can't really do it. <laughs> it's I been, want to be honest. You know, no, it's fine. It's been scarce. Uh, they have not been able to run it because Morgan Burnett has not been healthy. He is kind of one of those linchpin players for that defense. And so, um, I want to see more of a sample size before I give any type of judgment. Uh, it's really literally, literally been hit or miss here or there. And sometimes they're on for a play too. And then they're golf. It, it just, it's, you just have to really be paying attention. You have to watch the games back. It's not always easy. So I want to see a bigger sample size. All right. Question from Brandon. Do you think this, this game will be much different, a, a much different game against the Ravens based off the last three that the Steelers have played? So do you think this game will be similar or do you think that this game will be a little bit different? Uh, than the last three that the Steelers have won. Three words, all the same. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. I agree. Let's see here. Let's see if you have any other questions. A lot of predictions coming in. Kevin Colbert says 27-23 Steelers. Got to gotta trust the GM. Um, Ali says Steelers 35-15. Uh, Ron says Steelers 27-23. Thomas White 31-27. Um, 
Yeah, a lot of I like all these picks. They're phenomenal. Hey, here's a question from Kevin Colbert, the general manager. I would think that he'd be able to actually answer this himself, but he's turning to us for answers. You know what? I love it. <laughs> uh, the question was, why don't the Steelers play Jalen Samuels, the rookie from North Carolina State, more? Go ahead, Brian. They're going to, and you saw glimpses of it last week. Stephen Ridley put himself on the pine with that fumble last week. Um, they are... You know, just like that, they're going to go to Samuels. He had 16 yards, four carries, averaged four. So that means he was he was getting some good push. Um, you'll probably see him more, and I would not be surprised in the next three four weeks that he reaches the end zone. That's an interesting prediction. I'm not. I'm, I wouldn't say I go that far, but he might start taking some of those number two running back reps away from Stephen Ridley. Um, Tomlin does not like players that put the ball on the ground, especially backup players. Uh, he can tolerate fumbles from James Conner. He did it with Le'Veon Bell when Le'Veon Bell was in the lineup on occasion, but he's not going to tolerate it from backup. So if Jalen Samuels wants to get in the lineup and stay there, protect the football kid, that's number one. Okay, um, let's see here. Thomas asks, is LJ Fort the answer at linebacker, or is that still the team's number one need going into the 2019 season? You know what? No, I I don't really think that's exactly the number one team linebacker is, but it could be on the outside. It could be an edge rusher. Um, but I'm pretty happy with uh, Bostic. Um, he's getting a lot of tackles. He has had some signs of brilliance. So I don't think I think LJ Fort is definitely valuable on that team. He has surpassed Dirty Red. Dirty Red is nothing but a special teamer at this point. So that experiment, I think, is over. LJ Fort is definitely the number one backup there. Um, I don't know if he's he's the uh, answer as a starter, but he's going to get a lot of starts when these guys get injured. And uh, Vince Williams has not been completely healthy this year. Um, so I can see uh, him rotating in a whole lot more. He's definitely good to have around, but I don't think they're uh, they're completely kicking themselves for picking up John Bostic. Is he the answer? No. Is he a solution to their sub-package problems right now? Yes. LJ Ford is athletic. He can cover. Great coverage skills, by the way, for a linebacker. But what he excels in coverage skills and speed and side-to-sideline-to-sideline -to -sideline play, he lacks in like stopping the run. And so he's not that complete linebacker that they want on the inside of that defense. John Bostic, total opposite. Good against the run. Not very good in coverage. So LJ Ford and John Bostic work well together in this symbiotic relationship where one plays in obvious passing downs, the other one plays in obvious rushing downs. So I don't think Ford's the answer. I do think they'll be looking at inside linebacker uh, coming up here in the draft because if you want Vince Williams to be your every down guy and they just gave him a new contract, he needs someone athletic next to him. And I like John Bostic. I think I, he's played extremely well but he's not the athletic guy that they need alongside Vince Williams. Okay. The next two questions that we have, actually here's one from David. I forgot. Is this do or die for Artie Burns? Simple question. Yes. Yeah. There's I mean, no one to replace him with, but yeah, I mean, I think he's going to get his opportunities throughout the rest of the season. He got benched last week. I understand that, but I think he's going to get some opportunities to continue to prove himself. Mike Tomlin is not quick to turn the page on a first round draft pick. So 
is it important? Heck yeah. Gosh, he's got his fifth year option conversation coming up. So, um, yeah, it's an important season. Do or die. Maybe a little too early for that. I think he's going to continue to get chances. He's got to just, he just has to show up. I mean, 2017, there were times where you're like, dang, that's already burns that we want to see. And then <laughs> this year you're seeing a guy backpedaling at the end zone. It just doesn't make much sense. So, uh, there you go. That's, that's a good one. It's, it's an important time, a turning point. We could call it for Artie Burns. And the next question, I'm going to take the next two, which were kind of about more about Morgan Burnett and, or, Terrell Edmonds and kind of merge him into one. Uh, one of the questions was uh, about Morgan Burnett being back. Will they play three safeties more? And another one was with Burnett coming back. Do we think that Edmonds will be playing a little bit more inside linebacker on sub packages? Brian, if you're not next nose guys, you don't have to try to answer this. Uh, you can I, defer. Go I ahead. I actually could. I could. I could answer some of that um when he was drafted that was uh that was the point to go ahead and put him up as an inside linebacker in those sub packages that's what uh exactly what mike tomlin said during the press conference in april when he was selected so i think they want to get to that that point and if they have a healthy morgan burnett they can go ahead and do that so yes i think it's going to happen uh yeah i think that you know the question being do i think Edmonds is going to play that position no I think that that's going to be, like you said, Morgan Burnett's going to play that inside linebacker role. He did that in Green Bay. He has experience in the slot. He's good at that. He's good against the run. Very solid tackler. PFF says so. So that means it's like gospel. So um, with that being said, Edmonds, they don't want to put too much on his plate. They have him as a starter. He's getting a good relationship with Sean Davis in the back end. They don't want to move him out of that position. Keep him there. Have him learn his spot. Morgan Burnett is savvy enough. Um, or the word that Mike Tomlin used for Baker Mayfield last week that I love, moxie. He's got good moxie. <laughs> moxie, I love moxie, it. Which reminds me only of Varsity Blues with Jonathan Moxon. And Jonathan Moxon is like the total antithesis of having moxie. So it's <laughs> funny that MTV, when they put the movie together, chose the name Moxon, but whatever. That's Don't totally sleep on Vanderbeek. <laughs> total sidebar there. But um, yeah, I think that Morgan Burnett will be playing that inside linebacker role. I think that he's going to be a sub-package player with LJ Ford like we talked about earlier. So there you have that. Um, there you go. Those are our questions. Really good questions. I, I really appreciate we have a very tight-knit group of YouTube followers that are there every week. They always chime in and they always say, Hey, hello, hello to everyone. And all this stuff It's really cool to watch. And, and honestly, if you watch our YouTube videos, if you don't know this, you can actually watch the live chat as you're watching the podcast. And so you can kind of see what people are saying, what they're thinking. Um, it's a really nice group. Uh, I really appreciate all the, the support that they give us. Um, and you know, if you don't know, we do have a YouTube channel. If you're listening on podcasts on one of our many platforms, you're like, Oh crap, they have a YouTube channel. Yes. Go to YouTube, search BTSC Steelers radio and subscribe, like comment, be a part of the group. It's a good group. So Brian, before I go ahead and sign us off, is there anything that you want to say or get off your chest to Steeler Nation before we head into Ravens Steelers part two? You know what? I uh, I don't want to dwell too much on uh, what happened last week, but I am very proud of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization for the way they have stepped up 
whole situation. I am proud of the city of Pittsburgh. I grew up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which I consider myself a Pittsburgher. So I, I, I felt it just as much as everybody in Steeler Nation as well. And I'm very proud to be a part of Steeler Nation to see that when something like this happens, we band together as one. And I felt that on the football field as well. I think this is a united team right now. I think they're playing for a purpose. And I'm very proud of this team. So keep it going, boys. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, all of us at Behind the Steel Curtain continue to send our thoughts, prayers, and positive thoughts and all that good stuff to all those impacted by the horrible events that took place last week. And let's hope that the Pittsburgh Steelers can do what they did this weekend in which maybe, just maybe, if it's physically possible, can get their minds off of the madness for a couple hours and watch the Steelers bring home a win. And, you know, I think everyone's been through rough times and regardless of whether it's a death in the family, a, a breakup, um, something crazy that happens. Um, I think that if you're a sports guy, sometimes the sports can help. It can be a healing process. And so hopefully the Steelers can do that again for all those that might be hurting in any way, shape or form this weekend. So make sure you, Check us out on all of our platforms. I hate to just transition from one to the other, but it's the end of the show. I always do this plug at the end, and that is follow us on iTunes. Subscribe there. If you're not an Apple user, go to Google Play for your Android people. Go to Stitch, Art19. Heck, go to Spotify. And, and if you're wondering how do I find it, uh, I went to iTunes the other day just out of curiosity, and I just typed in Steelers, not Pittsburgh Steelers, not behind the Steelers. Just typed in Steelers. I think we're like the second podcast that showed up. So it's really simple. You'll see the SB Nation logo with our the Behind the Steel Curtain. Um, you can get all of our stuff there. So make sure you subscribe to all those venues. Check it out. Um, also, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers news. Uh, we have averaged 10 articles a day. Now, not every article is going to be an in-depth analysis piece. For instance, this podcast will be up there tomorrow. That counts as an article, but yet I want everyone to know that there's a lot of different things there for a lot of different people that like different things. We have people that do strict number analysis, like by the numbers. We have play breakdowns in our film room series. We have commentary. We have features. We have the latest news, everything. Brian's one of the contributors, so um, you know check his work out as well because it's a good stuff. So everyone that's watching, listening, whatever, we thank you for your support. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and make sure you check us out after the game on Sunday. Lance and I, Steelers postgame. Hopefully the Steelers win. We'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. It's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else to listen to podcasts check it out okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.